facts. Look at the facts. And the facts uh, just tell the truth. And uh, what a blessing. Guys, thank you very, very much. We had a wonderful time of worship and prayer. The band did a great job last night. Thank you to everyone that came and joined us. Yeah, it was amazing time of prayer. And uh, if you missed that, it's, it's live on Facebook. You can go back and uh, watch that service last night. And it was a blessing. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings uh, chapter number 6. And uh, we're going to look at some things this morning in the Word of God. And uh, I trust that you're blessed. Uh, we are declaring... Luke, if you would, there's something buzzing back there. Just hit everything on mute. Uh, uh, we're declaring the year 22, the year of recovery. So what is our theme scripture? 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord, should I pursue? And the Lord responded, yes, pursue. And you will surely recover all. And so we just know that the Lord, uh, He's declaring to you today to pursue some things in your life. We talked last week about pursuing in 22. We're pursuing a spiritual relationship, mental uh, clarity, uh, uh, relational, financial, physical things that God wants to help us recover. And, uh, but how many, how many knows, how many's heard the phrase, on the cutting edge? You know, being out in the forefront, being the first, uh, the cutting edge of a knife, you know, it's not, it doesn't matter how thick the blade is. Uh, it doesn't matter how wide or skinny. That's not what cuts. It's the edge that cuts. And to have that edge sharpened, to razor blade sharpness, and to be right out there on the tip, you're on the cutting edge. And that's where we want to be this year with the things of God. We want to be right on the cutting edge of the move of God and the revival that God is bringing in, in business, in, in your relationship, in your finances. You want to be right out on the cutting edge of what God is doing. But can I tell you, sometimes we lose the cutting edge. Sometimes we lose the whole knife. And we're going to look at a story today of loss, but a miraculous story of recovery. How many knows that when there's loss, there's opportunity for recovery? There's many people who say, well, I don't need recovery. I haven't lost anything. Well, if you haven't lost, if you, don't, if you haven't missed out on anything, uh, first of all, I would say just go back and check. Because uh, I think there's some things in life, opportunities, uh, things that maybe uh, we lost and uh, we don't even remember we lost them. But today we're going to look at some loss and how we can recover from that loss. And uh, we're going to start reading. I want to take this verse by verse. So let's look at Second Kings uh, verse uh, chapter 6 and let's just start reading in verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Now, let's just stop there. These guys, this, this, this is the school of the prophets. I mean, they're there they're with Elijah. They're in training. They're, and they're growing. Growth is a good thing to have. 
There's a lot of problems that we have. And some of those problems are growing problems. What are we going to do with this many children? What are we going to do with this? Where are we going to put this? We would like to start this program, but where are we going to have it? Where are we going to? And I love growth problems. We can solve those. The opposite of that is we have all of this space. What are we going to do with it? I don't like that problem. It's good. It's a good thing to grow. It's a good thing to expand. It's a good thing today. This is the year I want to see expansion. I want to see you expand your relationships. Expand your friendships. Expand your finances. Expand your business. Amen? I mean, pretty much we want to expand everything but our waistline. Amen? Seems like that's the only one that expands on its own. That don't take a whole lot of work. So he said, uh, we we want to... uh, we, we're, the place we're at is too small. It's too straight. We want to grow. And so in verse 2, Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. Oh, isn't it amazing? Listen, I don't want this year, I don't want anyone to... Hold you back in your growth. If you want to grow, if, you know, there's so many times people would come to leaders and they have ideas of expansion, ideas to grow. And, and, and leaders, if they're not careful, will shoot those down. And they're satisfied with where they're at. They're happy with their success. But I'm telling you, you should always have growth in your heart and don't let anybody suppress that. Thank God for Elijah. Thank God for a man that wasn't uh, intimidated uh, by growth and expansion. But they said, hey, the place where we're at is too little. We need more room. Let us take everybody and let's cut down a tree and let's get a beam and let's build a bigger place. And he said, where are we going to get the money? Well, how long is it going to take? Can can we get the permits? Who's going to do the plumbing? Huh? Where's the electric coming from? Where's it? You know what? There's a lot of uh, issues and a lot of questions that arises with growth and with. But you know what? Before any of that, we can work all that out. Let's just make a determination. I'm going to go. I'm going to build. I'm going to grow. I'm going to expand. I'm not going to be satisfied. In this little, narrow, small place, I want to enlarge myself. And One said, be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. When he came to the Jordan, they cut down wood. Everybody say, I'm going to cut some wood. <laughs> Let's just look at these first few, first few scriptures and then we'll move on. Before you can have recovery, you need to have concession. We're going to be looking at some different words today. And I want to expand your vocabulary. Everybody say concession. And in, in, in this first verse, we see that they conceded they needed a bigger place. Before you can... Get a bigger place. You've got to concede or determine that you need a bigger place. 
There's got to be some, some concessions made. Isaiah 42, uh, 54, 2 says the Bible and says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains. Hold them back wide. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. What can you do this year to grow in God? Can, can you increase your prayer time? You need to increase your Bible reading. Maybe you need to update your Bible. Maybe you need to get a Bible concordance. Maybe you need to get a dictionary. Maybe you need to take a class. Maybe What can you do to grow? I can tell you this. If you sit still and you keep doing what you're doing and you're satisfied with what you're doing, you won't grow. It takes work to strengthen and to lengthen your tent cords. It takes work to drive new stakes. It takes work, amen, to build a bigger place. But you've got a number one determined today, I need it. I concede that I need it. I need to be bigger. I need to be better. I need to be smarter. And then you begin to go towards whatever it takes to make that happen. Thank God the preacher said go. Everybody say go. Because to, to, to do that, to go, we, we've got to recover, you've got to have concord. So we've got to have comprehension. You've got to concede that you need it. And then you've got to have concord. What in the world is concord? It's what we don't have in Washington. If Joe Biden's watching... You need concord. What in the world is concord? A state in which people or things agree with each other and exist together in a peaceful way. How many would say Washington needs concord? But you know who else, what else needs concord? Me and you. And you and your spouse. And you and your kids. And you and your boss. And you and your neighbors. Amen. We need, before we can build, before we can do anything bigger, we got to have concord. Concord is about harmony. It's about unity. Even the Trinity. And when they got ready to, God got ready to make man. He said, let us make man in our image. They had to be in agreement. They were in concord. You've got to be in concords. If you remember the Tower of Babel, they decided we're going to get together. We're going to build a tower to God, so we won't have another flood. And God looked down and said, "Whatever they put their mind to do, they can accomplish it." Why? They were in unity. They were in concord. They desired to do one thing, and that was build a tower. And God said, "They're in unity." And they can build. God came down and confounded the languages. The guy said, hey, pass me that trowel. Another guy looked at him and said, no comprende. <laughs> and they got out of concord. Because their language became, they, 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 they didn't know. And they had to find those that spoke their same language. And they got in concord. And then things spread. And concord is so important. We need concord in the Lord's house. 
What are we going to build this year? What are we going to recover this year? I'm telling you, what, what, what one can do, two can do better. And if we come together as a family and we have concord, we're in a state to where we agree and we exist peacefully and we're in harmony, we can accomplish anything. They said, we're in agreement. We've already had a meeting and we agree we need a bigger place. And they were in unity and they got it done. Then verse, uh, we, we move on to that in this next verse. Verse number five. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried, Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The axe head fell off and he cried, Oh, last master. For it was borrowed. Listen. If you are going to recover... Listen, he was on the cutting edge. He had got borrowed this axe. He went with the group of people. He was cutting down his tree. He was doing his part. He was working in harmony with his brothers. Something happened. I'm telling you, in life, this year... Last year, the every year of your life, when you're on the cutting edge of what God has called you to do, and you're working, and you're chopping, and you're doing, something happens that changes. Something happens that stops progress. Something happens to discourage. Something happens to impede progress. Something happens to break concord. This young man, all of a sudden, this axe head flew off of the handle and fell in the water. And how many knew, know what iron axe heads do in water? They sink. It's gone. All of a sudden, this man, he cried out in despair because he was concerned. Listen, if you're going to recover, you've got to get concerned about your loss. Have you ever lost something and went, oh well, I'll go get another one. Oh well. We, 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 we lose it, we look for a few minutes and then we're like, oh well. You know why? Because it wasn't that important to us. It didn't really affect us. It really doesn't change how comfortable we are with life. And it's... What's sad to say is so many times people take things borrowed from other people and when they break, they go, oh, well, it's not mine. I don't care. Well, you know the rule. If you borrow it and it breaks while you have it, you fix it. You break it, you buy it. But not a lot of people do that, do they? They borrow something and they'll bring it back broke and say, hey, it broke. Here's the pieces. Hey, when you left here with it, it wasn't broke. But this young man, he, he, this axe head fell off and he cried out in concern. Oh, 
No. He was concerned about himself. He was concerned about his loss. He was concerned uh, about the progress they were making. He was concerned about the owner of the axe head. What's he going to do? How am I going to repay him? The reason I don't have my own axe is I don't have any money. You know, today we go, that's no big deal. Axe head, run down to Atwoods, get another one. Go to Walmart. But here's the deal. Back in these days, iron number one was hard to find. Those things made into uh, uh, tools were very hard to find. And they were very expensive. Not everybody had an axe. No one had a big chainsaw. No one had these things. This was very. This was a precious item. And when this young man lost it, he was concerned about his loss. What have you lost this past year that concerns you? Do you have a child that's not where they need to be? Does that concern you? Or do you have a relationship that's not what it needs to be? Are you concerned? How about your relationship with God? Are you not concerned that it's gone down and not gone up? Are you concerned that the house you're in is too small? You're content. Oh, well. But see, that's not where they were. And here this young man got concerned... And concern is a very key step in what we're going to lose. So, it's amazing to me. His reaction is the same reaction that we must have if we're going to recover. Now, there's a whole lot of people I know would have kept swinging the axe head. I mean, the, the axe handle. They'd have just kept swinging it, hitting the tree. Thud thud because they want everybody to think they're doing something they're not being productive they're not making a difference but i look busy whack whack i don't know about you but have you ever if you've chopped any kind of wood do you know what it feels like to hit the handle on the wood it does not feel good. It vibrates up the handle into your hands and it hurts. We've all been chopping and missed and hit. It's not a good feeling. But I know a lot of people in the spirit who have lost their axe head. They've lost their cutting edge. They've lost their cutting tool. They've lost their anointing. They've lost their power. Yet they're still whacking with a stick. And they're, and it's just shaking them. And they don't, they don't know what to do. I'm telling you, you better get concerned. You better get concerned about your loss. And then this young man cried out. Oh, alas, master. For it was borrowed. He didn't just keep whacking the tree with the stick. He faced the problem. He was concerned about the loss. And he cried out to the master. And he asked for help. That's what we did just a moment ago. When we begin to cry, oh, Jesus, I've lost my cutting edge. Oh, Jesus, my axe head fell off. Oh, Jesus, I'm just whacking this tree with a stick. I'm just hitting my problem with this stick, but I'm not making a difference. I'm not making a dent. I'm not making a scratch. There's no wood chips flying. There's no trees falling. It just hurts. But I, I, what do I do? Well, Number one, stop hitting it with a stick. 
If you're going to have recovery, you can't just have concern, but you've got to have confession. There's a lot of people who lose things, but will never confess they lost it. Somebody, about a couple, two years ago, I loaned my pressure washer to somebody and they never brought it back. I can't get nobody to confess who it was I loaned it to. And I don't remember. So if I loaned you my pressure washer, would you please confess? It's probably wore out by now, so you can keep it. I bought another one. But I promise anytime I loan something else out now, I'm making a note in my phone. Because I know I'm old and can't remember. If you, Before you can recover something, you need to confess you lost it. Lord, I've lost my cutting edge. There's so many people, they don't want to admit they're not what they used to be. They don't want to admit that I, I, I don't have the strength, the, the standard. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the, the courage, whatever. I, I just want to keep acting. I, I don't want to... I'm not trying to fake God out. You can't fake God out. You can fake people out. You can keep going through the motion. They can keep looking over there and you're just smiling and whacking. But you're making no difference. You've got to confess. So number one, he was concerned. But all of a sudden, he confessed. He had some confession. And by admitting that the axe head was lost, he was basically saying, Lord, it's my fault for losing it. Because I didn't pay attention to the signs. Now, how many knows an axe head don't just fall off? What happens first? It starts getting loose. And when you hit it, it moves. And then what do we do? We turn it over and hit it on the ground, on the concrete. Drive it back. And we know we know it's loose, but instead of going fixing it, We just kind of do little temporary things. Or we just keep whacking at it. We're not being vigilant. vigilant. We're not paying attention. We're not maintaining our tools. Diligence. What I say? Vigilant. Don't be vigilant. Be diligent. (laughs) Listen. Every one of us. Kind of lay out reading the Word. That's so easy to do. Lay off praying. Lay off coming to the house of God. Axe head, it's getting, it starts getting dull. A dull axe takes a lot more effort to cut down a tree than a sharp axe. Amazes me. I, I, I see workers all the time. Jump out of trucks. Just go start going to work. Killing themselves. And then I've watched other crews get out and spend about the first hour sharpening tools, sharpening shovels, sharpening hoes, sharpening axes, sharpening machetes, whatever. And they get done just as fast, if not faster than the other crews, yet they do it with less effort. Because a cutting edge makes all the difference. A sharp edge, being sharp, will cut through situations and circumstances, being prayed up, studied up, knowing the Word of God. I'm telling you, if you're dull, it just makes life 
hard. You know what they say? Life is hard. But it's harder when you're stupid. And I'm telling you, to try to cut down a tree with a dull axe or with an axe with no head is stupid. We need to admit, Lord, I've lost my cutting edge. Lord, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. Lord, I'm having to work twice as hard for half the reward. You know what my prayer is every year for our men? That they get to work less and make more. Anybody receive that? Okay. If not, I can pray for you. Lord, let them work twice as hard and get half. Nobody wants that, do they? No. But you know what? To be sharp, sharp in your mind, sharp in your senses, sharp in your tools, sharp in everything. It'll help you in business. It'll help you. Let's be sharp. But when we lose our sharpness, when our axe head falls off, let's don't just keep pretending. Let's call out. Let's confess. Lord, I've lost my edge. He cried out, Alas, Master. It was my fault. I should have paid attention. I should have noticed it was loose. I should have been diligent. I should have been paying attention. He humbled himself. He didn't try to blame anybody else. That crazy guy loaned me this axe. It's defective. I bet it was loose when I got it. We need to pay attention. Stop making excuses. We want everybody to think we're on the top, but we're struggling. And we need to confess, Lord, I need you more than ever. I need your power. I need your cutting edge. I need your anointing. I need your heart. Amen. Because the Bible says, blessed are the meek or the humble, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are the poor in spirit or the honest, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're never going to get anywhere with God lying. Because you can lie to me, you can lie to others and say, oh yeah, my, my, my relationship with God's great. But God knows. God knows. If your edge is sharp or not. He knows if you're the sharpest tool in the shed. He knows I'm not. And Lord, I need every little bit of help I can get. I, I'd struggle enough without having to use a dull axe or use an axe with no head I need your help so he confessed well when he confessed the man of God heard him and the man of God came said what's going on listen confess your faults to one another that you may be healed stop trying to do this thing all on your own some things you can lose and recover by yourself but there's some things you need help we talked about it last week. Maybe a friend, that's enough. A friend could, can help you. Maybe it takes a pastor. Maybe it takes a counselor. Maybe it takes a doctor. Maybe it takes God himself. But you know what? Whatever it takes is possible. It's not too hard. But you've got to be willing to humble yourself and confess your loss. Verse 5, he says, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. Listen, it... it it's a big deal. 
God's power. Did you realize that the Holy Spirit in us, the Jesus in us, this is not mine. I, I have this treasure, this gift in earthen vessels. Listen, the power of God, it's His. He's loaned it to us. How are we taking care of it? And when we lose it, I think one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is Samson. He had the anointing, he kept moving and moving and moving, but he kept on playing and tempting God and, and sin, and he lost the anointing, and he jumped up and said, I'll just do it like i always done it. And the Bible says, he did not know that the power of God had departed from him. What a terrible place to be. But even he had opportunity to recover and win a great victory, even in his death. But we've got to be careful of the power entrusted in us. And when we lose it, we need to cry out and say, Oh, Jesus, how can I get it back? Lord, what can I do? What can, what can we do? What, what, what can I do? I, I, I don't know. Are we got, can we take an offering? <laughs> can we go buy another one? What are we going to do? He had no idea what was going to happen. But look here. And the man of God said, Where fell it? That's really not proper English, is it? It is in King James. But today we would say, Where did it fall? But I like it. This, 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 is, this speaks like me. Where fell it? <laughs> Where fell it? Let's go see. And he showed him the place. Oh, this is key. To recover, you got to go back to the place of the loss. So, so, so. You, you lost a relationship. Well, let's go back and let's look. Okay? It was, it was fine here. Okay? Here it's good. Oh, over here, yeah, it's bad. Well, what happened? Let's go back, let's go back, let's go back. Oh, there's a memory just popped up on Facebook. And you made a negative comment about their haircut. And you go, oh, I hurt their feelings. From that point on, they were kind of distant from me. You go back to the point of the offense. You go back to the point of failure. You go back to the point of loss. You go back to the point of disobedience. You go back to the point of sin. And you'll find your loss. So he said... Where fell it? He showed him the place. Right here. I was right here. I can just hear him. Elijah, I was just right here. And I was cutting. And I was going like this. And I hit one time. And it was kind of shook. And I came back. And when I came back, it flew off. And I heard a splash right there. And that's a deep spot. Already, I already stuck my stick in the water. I already tried to dig for it. I've already get, I can't find it. Where fell it? Right there. Where did it happen? Where did it go wrong? Where did that relationship? Where did you lose that money? Where did that marriage go bad? Where, where did, how did you lose that job? There fell it. Where fell it? There fell it. 
right there. And he showed him the place. You've got to have comprehension. You've got to re- realize what happened. Lord, there, there's so many people that experience lost. They, they, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue where it's at. They're lost. You've got to comprehend. You start thinking. Start praying. Lord, reveal to me what happened. When? Where? Where, where was I disobedient? Where, where, where did this happen? How did I get in this shape? Go back to that point. Then. Elisha. Cut down a stick. Okay man of God. I lost an axe head. And you're cutting down a stick. You're crazier than I am. I'm leaving this church. I'm out of here. I told the man of God, I came to the pastor, I told him my problem, I told him my loss, and he's out cutting down a stick. I cut down a stick too if I had an axe head. What do you cut down a stick? It It amazes me how many times in Scripture, when things happened, whether it was the bitter waters of Mara, to here, to places, that wood was used... A stick was used to cast into a bad situation and it turned around. You see, man had sinned. Adam and Eve had sinned. Adam and Eve had disobeyed God. They suffered great loss. They lost the garden. They lost their covering. Now they're experiencing the hardships of life. Sin has entered in and man is in a terrible place. And sin just gets worse and worse and man suffers great loss. But God wants to redeem mankind. And God sent His only Son. And hung Him between heaven and earth on a stick of wood. You see, every time that they cast these sticks in, this piece of wood, it represented the cross. You see, the cross is what will help you recover. The cross of Jesus Christ, a stick, not waterlogged, but blood-soaked. What will help you recover? What you cast in, what you throw into your situation is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the cross, amen, where others despise the shame. It was where Jesus bled and died and was crucified for the sins of the world. Amen, and where He looked off of the cross and said, Father, forgive them. It was where He restored man's relationship with God. It was where He paid the penalty of your sin. It was where He changed your destiny from hell to heaven. It was a stick. The Bible declares it's a disgrace. It's a curse. Curse it every man that hangs on a cross. Jesus was cursed. He took the curse for you and I. Elisha cut this stick. That guy's like, what? I, I asked for help, and here you are whittling. 
cut this stick. And he threw it in the water. He put the cross in the situation. He put the cross in the loss. He put the cross in the death. He put the cross in the situation. And look what happened. And he cut a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. I mean, just think about it. All of a sudden, this axe head floats to the top. And has little arms and it's swimming. No, I don't think that's how it happened. (laughs) All of a sudden, it was doing the backstroke. Can you imagine? Because I'm pretty sure, because how many knows when you swing an axe, you have momentum. So when he swung back, that thing, who knows how far it flew out into the river. All of a sudden, he took this stick. All the, listen, school's in session. They are out to build a house, to learning, to build their school so they can study to be missionaries, so they can learn the, the Word of God. And here they don't know they're getting the most valuable life lesson right on the edge of the river where a boy borrowed an axe and lost his cutting edge, but he didn't try to hide it. He confessed it. He comprehended that he lost it. And then he confessed that it was his fault. And he said, I'm sorry. And he asked for help. And they went, what is this kind of strange doctrine? Because from the very beginning, when man sinned, God came down and said, hey, Adam, what happened? And Adam said, oh, it's that woman you gave me. It's her fault. And God said, Eve, what happened? And she said, oh, it's that devil. It's that serpent. So everybody been playing the blame game up until this point, And all of a sudden they learned, if you're going to recover from a loss, you've got to confess your part in it. And you've got to humble yourself. And you've got to say, I did it. It's my fault. I'm sorry. And then you put the cross in the situation. And you put Jesus in it. And all of a sudden, that axe head of iron became like styrofoam. And just floated to the top. And all of a sudden, here it came. I mean, if it had been me, I said, okay, I'll make it float to the top, but I'm going to make you. Who knows? It might have been in the dead of winter. I'd have said, I'm going to make you swim out there and do your part. I'm going to make it float, but you got to go get it. Ah, he did have a part. That's our last part. So the axe head floated to the top, swam over to the shore, and then look what happened. Therefore, he said, take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Wow. So, so, so Elisha heard the problem. He came in. He said, where fell it? And the young man said, there fell it. And Elisha went and cut down a stick and said, let's put Jesus in this situation. He hadn't even come yet. But this is just a type and a shadow. This is just showing you what's to come. 
That when you put Jesus in your situation, though it looks hopeless and helpless and lost, it can float to the top and come right to the shore. But you have part in your recovery. Now, reach out and take it. If you want to recover, you're going to have to stretch your faith. You're going to have to figure out, okay... Where did I lose it? Was it a result of me, somebody else? Misplaced priorities, trusting in my flesh. Is it bitterness, anger, unforgiveness? Okay, I recognize, I admit it, I confess it, I'm sorry, forgive me. Now what do I do? Put Jesus in that situation. Jesus raises it to the top. It's coming, it's right there. Help is in my reach. And there's a lot of people that will stand there and go, Wow, that's a cool miracle. Look at that axe head swim. Hmm. And then pick up their stick and start whacking the tree again. It takes effort. You've got to do your part. The man of God said now, reach out and take it up to thee. Pick it back up. What you lost, your anointing, your ministry, your purpose, you lost it. But now here it is. You put Jesus in the situation. You're forgiven. Your situation, here it is. It's right there. But what are you going to do? Are you going to walk away and leave it there? Are you going to reach out and take it? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. If I reach out and take it, then I got to put it back on the handle. And if I put it back on the handle, I'm going to have to go back to cutting trees. And that's hard. If I leave it there, I can have an excuse why I can't work. Now, if you want to be successful... You want to build your house bigger, you got to have the lumber. And to get the lumber, you got to have the axe head. And there it is right there within your reach. But you've got to put an effort to it and faith to it. And you've got to reach out your hand. You've got to do some work. And take it. It's a commitment. The axe head floated to the surface. But he had to make a commitment to reach out and take it. What's your commitment today? Hey, woo! I commit we're going to do this thing until it gets hard. And after that, I'm done. See, that's not really commitment. That's not commitment. When you commit to something, you do it thick or thin. Good times or bad. I said that to my wife. I take you for richer, for poor, sickness and in health, till death do us part. I tried the bad. I tried the poor. Let's try the rich and the good for a while. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you you don't just like okay. Well, I made a commitment, but now it kind of got hard. So I'm gonna bail. I'm gonna quit. A commitment. You stick to it. Have some stickability. Look at your neighbor and say, "Be sticky." I hate tape that. It's not sticky. It's pointless. It's useless. It's got to be sticky. He made a commitment. You know what I think he did? This is just, this is not in the Bible. This is just my rest of the story. I think the young man reached out, picked it up, put it back on, 
securely, made sure it was on good. Then he sharpened it up really good and sharp. And he went back to work. And then, I think he polished it, sharpened it, cleaned it real good before he took it back to the guy. See, when you borrow something, you should take it back in better condition than you found it. It's called stewardship. Doing the right thing. Don't take something sharp and bring it back dull. Huh? That's why anytime, anytime I'm going to loan anything to Pastor Marcelo, if, if I want to learn in my truck or the, anything, I know, oh, Pastor Marcelo's going to use this. Go get gas. Fill it up. Whatever. Because no matter where it's at, when it comes back, it's going to be washed, it's going to be clean, and it's going to be full of gas. So I don't want him to have to put gas in it. So I go ahead and put gas in it before. Now, lots of times I forgot. And you know what? It comes back washed, clean, and full of gas. And then Pastor Elias takes it to pick up the kids, and it comes back empty and dirty. Ah! <laughs> but he's not going to do that no more. It's a, it's a kid's fault. I called Pastor Elias the other day. I said, Pastor, when, was it, when did the light come on this van? I don't know if I'm going to make it to the gas station or not. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, that light came on Wednesday. <laughs> well, put some gas in this thing. I'm just messing. Listen, he's out there picking up those kids, doing a good job. Do you want to recover? Could you just, for a, for a, for a, for a <laughs> You're going to recover just fine. Uh, could, you, could you just, in your mind for a moment, think about your loss? What Something specific. I, I'm not talking in general. Maybe something specific. Maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it is a person or a child. Maybe it is a health issue or a money issue. There's something that, man, you were doing so good. You were on the cutting edge. You were making a difference. You were making progress. And all of a sudden, axe head just fell off. You suffered loss. You've been just beating the tree. You hadn't been making a lot of progress lately. Could we take a moment to just ask the Lord, where fell it? Where, where's it at? Where, where did I lose? Where, it, did I disobey you somewhere? Did I sin? Did I get a bad attitude? Did, do I have something against somebody? Where, where did I lose my joy? Where, where did I lose my power? Where did I lose my anointing? Where did I lose that thing? Identify. And if you can't today, ask the Lord to help you. Say, Lord, show me. Show me this week where... And then once you've determined where, what are we going to do? We're going to put Jesus in it. We're going to throw in the cross. Mercy, forgiveness, compassion, power. Anytime the power of God confronts humanity and the, 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 as Brother Johnny says, the supernatural is when the super moves on our natural. Listen, it's not normal for an axe head to float. And it's sure not normal for it to swim. 
But when you put the power of God, when you put Jesus in a situation, Jesus wasn't supposed to let that woman touch him. He wasn't supposed to touch those lepers. He wasn't supposed to go into the graveyard. But you know what? He cared less about rules and regulations and law. And he had compassion on people. Lord, where did I lose it? Where, where, where did it fall off? Where did I lose my love, my joy, my compassion, my purpose? There it is. It's it, it, it sunk. It's deep. But I put in Jesus. I put in the cross. And then God miraculously raises that thing back up. He's going to raise your purpose, your passion, your power your identity, your, 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 your value, your gifts and talents. He wants you to rise to the top. The devil wants you to sink to the bottom, but Jesus wants you to rise to the top. And with His help, that's what you're going to do. But now then, it's right there. That thing, that gift, that talent, that purpose, that, it's right there. Now God's done His part. I've done my part. I told you the story. Now, your part is a part of faith. You have to reach out. You have to pick it up. You have to put it back on the handle. You have got to go back to work. Accomplishing the destiny that God has for you. Some of you, oh, you know what I'd rather do, Gage? My axe head fell off. The chainsaw blade fell off. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit right here on this bank, cast my fishing pole. I'm done with working. <laughs> We're just going to relax. But Friday, I'm going to be mad when my paycheck comes. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out by faith. I'm going to take a hold of that thing I lost. And I'm going to get back to work. What do you need God to raise to the top? What do you need to swim? What do you need to reach out and take a hold of? I can't do it for you. But you can do it. Those of you watching at home, you can do it right now. With your faith. With everybody in this building. I want you to stand to your feet. Close your eyes and say this with me, dear Lord. Oh, Jesus, I lost it. It's my fault. I wasn't diligent. I didn't pay attention. I acted ugly. I shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have gone there. But I did. It's my fault. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I need Jesus. To get right in the middle of this situation. Jesus, I need your mercy. Need your help. Need your forgiveness. I receive it. And I put Jesus... In my loss. Now miraculously. 
God is beginning to bring that thing to the top. And it's now within reach. Your destiny, your purpose, your growth, that expansion, that raise, that promotion, that gift, that ministry. It's coming within reach of you this year. God's raising it from the dead, raising it from the depths. And it's coming into your reach. But you've got to do something. So with eyes closed, just a picture in your mind of this axe head, the cutting edge, your purpose, your destiny, right there on the river's edge, floating by faith and in your mind's eye. And now, with your eyes closed, but physically, I want you to extend your hand. Just see it in your mind. You're reaching toward that axe head. But it's not quite within reach. So, I need you to kind of start bending over now. And bend over all the way until you reach it. Come on. I, I, I don't know how long your arm is. I don't know how far away it is. But Lord, I'm going to stretch. Come on, say, Lord, I'm going to stretch my faith this year. I'm going to stretch my hand this year. I'm going to reach out this year. I'm going to take a hold of my destiny. Take a hold of my purpose. Take a hold of what I've lost. And I'm going to get it back. Come on, reach out and take a hold of it now. Get it, grab it, take it, wrap your hand around it, pick it up. Somebody raise it up and say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, I got it. I found it. Thank you, Lord. Now, now, this week, put it back on the handle. Sharpen it up. Go to work. Get about your master's business. Come on. Get in the word of God. Get in prayer. Sharpen your axe head. Work smarter, not harder. And let's recover. Can I get a big amen?